All right, everybody. This Guru and the Wiz back at you here for another Team Capsule podcast. And uh, we finished up the Houston Texans. Make sure you go and listen to that one. Uh, had a lot of fun doing that one. Uh, Wiz, I hope you're doing well. I cannot wait to tackle this team because uh, there's a lot of interesting facets around the Indianapolis Colts. But that's our next team up. And how are you doing today, Wiz? Doing doing really well and uh, yeah, very uh, excited and interested to talk about the the Colts and uh, I guess we'll, we'll start it right off. The Colts, I believe, gave Philip Rivers twenty five million smackaroos to be their starting quarterback this year. Uh, I don't think that they have much intentions of him playing more than a year or two. Uh, I think their quarterback situation is, is pretty set up. I mean, Jacoby Brissett, I know, was getting talked up a lot after the Andrew Luck retirement. But he's a, he's a good backup. That's what he is. And I like Jacob Eason to be the quarterback of the future. But let's get to Phillip Rivers, who will be quarterbacking them this season. Um, and I don't know. I saw there's, there's some good stuff to like about Phillip Rivers and not so much good stuff. Let's talk about the good stuff. His offensive line is either the best or one of the – if it's not the best, it's one of the best in, in the NFL in terms of the Colts' offensive line. So that's good. The, the conditions are going to be perfect for him to throw. I didn't like some of the throws that I saw him make last year in terms of when he had a clean pocket, he wasn't able to step up and make some of those throws that he's been able to make in the past. Now, um, I know getting reunited with Frank Reich is going to help, and the system they're going to use is going to help. So there's some good and bad with Phillip Rivers. Um, I think, you know, he, he should be fine. Um, and he's kind of like on that borderline at the edge, I guess, of, of quarterback one, maybe top 12. But a lot of people maybe have him closer to 15 or even closer to, you know, near 20. What's your view on Rivers considering his age? But on the other side of the coin, that elite offensive line. So I, I think the, the, the biggest factors in this one are both the familiarity with Frank Reich, as you mentioned, who I think is a terrific coach and, and, and they, they worked together before. And then more importantly, like you said, the offensive line here. Because I think if I had to look at Rivers over the years, I don't think he really ever had, a, a, it seems like he was under duress frequently. And this is a guy that, <laughs> I mean, he, he looks, he doesn't look very pretty when he's run, when he's trying to escape and, and more frequently he's not escaping. So, so I think that's a huge beneficiary to him. You know, it's interesting. I did take a look before, um, before that we started the episode here and in, in, in what personnel groupings that the Colts played in most of the time. And most of the time they were, they, they, so last year uh, in, in the charger offense, 73% of the time they were running three wide receiver sets only 61% of the time was that the case for the Colts. And the Colts were pretty deep at tight end. I think you'll see them use two tight end sets at times, and you combine that with this line. I think you got to be really happy um, because Rivers really – you look at what Eckler did, and you look what Rivers has done for tight ends in the past. I think that's the intriguing group from this from this particular uh, offensive weapon grouping uh, where who could be effective. I, I do worry about the downfield stuff. And I'll talk about a little bit more about that uh, when we when we get to the uh, skill set positions. But the one thing that was noteworthy last year for Rivers is the constant underthrowing and bad decisions, and it was very evident. He had 23 touchdowns, 20 interceptions, which is a lot for him. Uh, if you looked at his two previous seasons, I think he was 32 and 12. 
and 27 and 13. So this was a real outlier. Now, I hope it's not age and maybe it's just a system not working well enough. I'm willing to give Philip Rivers the benefit of the doubt as being a potential steal at quarterback in this offense with this line and with Frank Reich. And this is just a more effective setup for him going into the season. I don't think he gets drafted like a top 12 guy in any way, shape, or form, but I think he could provide you some some ballast there on, on bye weeks and maybe even become a starter in some situations. So I, I think he can bounce back. How about that? That's fair enough. Would you, you know, it sounds like your comfort level would be more if he's your second quarterback and you're able to pick your spots with him, or are you saying that, you know, if he's your, you know, if you have two guys of equal ability, um, you know, you know, Rivers and another guy, a Daniel Jones, let's say, or something like that, uh, in terms of you know where they're ranked, would that be a comfort level for you, or do you think? You know, you need Philip Rivers to be a second guy. No, I, I can see a scenario where you're playing, you know, juggling quarterbacks based on matchups. You get the benefit of Philip Rivers being inside for a lot of his games because, you know, they're, they also play in Houston. So, you know, they have nine games inside automatically. He's actually going to be playing in front of real home fans this year as opposed to that silly soccer stadium that the Chargers are playing in that was basically a quarter filled with, with Charger fans. So it's a, just a better setup. And I, th- I, can, I can fall for the argument of going in with a situation when you're playing around with Rivers being your number one guy and, and playing matchups with certain guys. I, I wouldn't have a problem with that whatsoever. Yeah, let me just make one final comment on Philip Rivers is that he's one of these quarterbacks where the offensive line is so important and he is elite at stepping up, not concerning himself with the pressure and keeping his eyes downfield. And when you have Ryan Kelly and Quentin Nelson, the best center guard combination in the entire NFL that just can't be Stay, oh, you know, you can't think about that enough. It's such an important factor, and I think that will be a key to Rivers as long as that duo and their their line is great, and they have some other really good players on that offensive line. But that Kelly Nelson combination, right up the middle, uh, protecting him and giving him a clean pocket where he could step up, you know, is just such a key. And I think. Uh, that will lead to Philip Rivers um, having a solid season. So that's something to think about is offensive line play when you're looking at, uh, at, at quarterback and running back, especially. Um, yeah, and, by and, the way, and, the, and by the way, Rivers did have 4,600, despite those interception numbers, he had 4,600 yards last year. So like, like I said, I can, I, I can see a scenario in a, in, in a league that I'm in where I actually I'm playing games with him as my starting quarterback, actually. I can see yeah, it. Certainly. I, I just I just don't think they're going to be the Colts are going to be in the same situation as yeah. the Chargers were last year, where they seem to be playing every game from behind, and it was you know their 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 wild game. So they may not be playing with it, but 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 I'm sure the Colts are more concerned with him being efficient and keeping a clean pocket for him. Um, moving on to running back, it, you know it looks like Marlon Mack, you know could be uh, up. You know I th- I think I think. You know, he could be his number one running back role could be pushed aside to Jonathan Taylor. Um, 
I think, you know, they may start off the season with Mack and Taylor and then maybe kind of a split and then maybe Taylor kind of emerging as the season goes along. But I, I don't think with Phillip Rivers and the kind of offense that they want to run that Nakeem Hines can be overlooked. I mean, they want to kind of use that player in the Eckler way that he was used for the Chargers. He has elite wide receiving skills as a running back, a really good route runner, good hands, good speed, good acceleration, a good run after the catch ability. So they're certainly going to want to get him the ball. So considering that they drafted a young promising rookie, Marlon Mack is a solid player and they have an elite third down you know, back that they want to use in the passing game, who's much, much more skilled than either of the other two. How do you view this trio of running backs for the Colts? So I'd say on the surface, the trio looks like one of the more solid groups. Uh, and, and we know it's very difficult. A lot of teams just definitely divvy up. There's not a lot of teams that have the situation where Ezekiel Elliott is the bell cow and that's that, um, or, or Saquon Barkley. But this team is going to employ all three of these guys. I agree, especially early in the season and especially since you know the, the preseason this year is far different than we've seen in any other season due to the pandemic. You know, Marlon Mack, will, in my opinion, will probably start the season as, as the starting running back just because the rookies are going to start off, I think, slightly off-footed as a result of what's happened. So, But I could see that shifting during the season. But Mack doesn't catch the ball. Um, he's an okay runner. He's had some good games in the past. Taylor brings, you know, a lot of... He's done a lot of work in college carrying the football. A uh, little bit of a fumbling issue there, but but he's a, a New Jersey kid who's who's a good kid, a responsible guy, and and a talented player. So I lo- I love that combination, and I don't think either of that d- diminishes what Naheem Hines means to this offense for sure. And I think with Andrew Luck under, under center in 2018, you saw Hines catch 65 balls. He averaged almost four yards a carry. I think he's going to go back to that number. So in a PPR league, Naheem Hines probably will have some standalone value, especially in bye weeks. He's just going to be an effective player. And Phillip Rivers, as you mentioned, is notorious for, for including those dump down passes down to his running backs like he's done with Eckler the last couple of seasons. So, so I love the group as a whole. I think it'll be frustrating to own one of those guys to start the season, that's Taylor or, or Mac, because they'll be kind of usurping each other's efforts during the year. But I think Hines's value will stay very consistent during the year. Yeah, I mean, you know, the, the, the one aspect of a rookie running back that they just not caught up to, um, you know, they, they, a lot of them are, are skilled runners and, and Taylor and Dobbins and some of these other running backs, Dylan, you know, they're NFL-ready running backs. But the, the the one aspect of the game that is just at a different level in the NFL and so much more important and utilizing the NFL is pass protection. And that is a clear weakness of Jonathan Taylor. And we've seen Phillip Rivers unafraid to yell and scream at his players, whether it's wide receivers running the wrong route or offensive linemen with bad blocking or especially running backs not picking up the blitz. And he will get a screaming Phillip Rivers if he continues poor pass protection. So that's one thing that you got to look at. Yeah, he's a very, very good runner. But the pass protection game, and you're talking about a quarterback of Rivers' age, they don't want him taking – that many hits 
hits, certainly bad hits, and you know he's got to improve that. And and this part of the season where he's not in there working on that, I'm a little concerned about that. Where he may get off to a little bit of a slow start in terms of uh, you know if he's going to get bulk carries. So that's another thing that you have to think about with these rookie running backs and look at their game and and think about their pass protection as well. Yep. Um, so let's move along to wide receiver. And I, I like this group of wide receivers. Uh, T.Y. Hilton, as long as he could stay on the field, has proven that he is, you know, right there in that 10 to 15 range at wide receiver. Michael Pittman from USC is a good wide receiver, a big, strong kid. And Paris Campbell is, is kind of like under the radar, kind of like – you know, haven't seen much of him, so kind of like out of sight, out of mind. But don't sleep on these Ohio State wide receivers. Uh, McLaurin last year for the Redskins from Ohio State, like, you know, nobody really talking about. And he's now one of these guys that people are looking at um, in his second year. Of course, the great Mike Thomas and, and Samuel as well. He's one of these guys that just couldn't get – his game going because he couldn't stay on the field, but I think he's a, a name to keep an eye on. And I like this combination of Campbell in the second year, Mike Pittman is rookie, and T.Y. Hilton as the veteran of the group. So have at it. Tell us what you think about these wide receivers. I, I, I love the, the way this wide receiver sets up for the wide receiver core sets up for the upcoming fantasy season. So I think as a result of T.Y. Hilton's injury story, he will be ranked outside the top 20 coming into the season at wide receiver. Do I agree with that? No, but I think that's what you're going to be able to get. So that means in roto drafts and in auction drafts, he is going to be a much later round pick in a, in, in a roto draft, and he's going to be much cheaper in an auction draft. This is a guy that's had big success in the past in this league, 1,200 yards, 75 catches, eight touchdowns with Andrew Luck in 2018. Last year, you know, only five or 600 yards receiving. He was hurt most of the year, couldn't shake it off. So hopefully this time away uh, from the game, he comes back healthy into the season. I like the setup. Rivers has always developed a good rapport with his receivers. Uh, you know, I like what he did, obviously, with Keenan. Allen over the last few years. Mike Williams had a monster year back in 18. Not not so much last last year, but I think that was a byproduct of all the other things that were going wrong. So I love I love him as an undervalued receiver coming into the season. Pittman, you mentioned, you know, good rookie pedigree, solid guy in college. So hopefully he can quickly find his way in the NFL. I think Paris Campbell is fascinating to me. And one of the things I find fascinating, you know, you mentioned, you mentioned uh, Curtis Samuel. So one of the games where he came back and, and Campbell was hurt most of last year, but there was a game late in last year where I noticed they made it a point. It was, I think it was the first game actually that Campbell came back from his injury and they gave him like three or four handoffs end arounds. He caught three or four balls in the game. I was just really intrigued the way he was being used. He's a fast guy. I love what Wiz said about this. He's got those kind of Samuel type of things, and I do distinctly remember one game watching him do this when he first came back. So not a guy you want to sleep on. They have two good backups as well. Zach Pascal and Marcus Johnson actually had a couple of good games last year with lousy quarterbacks. Phillip Rivers is much better. So I really like this receiving group. Just don't fall asleep on them and know that you're going to get some value here. I, I, I agree, and like I said, uh, you know, it's an interesting group, and uh, 
they have that creative and innovative uh, you know, a coach who will figure out ways to utilize them the best. And um, I, I, let's move on to the tight end position where you have, uh, you know, some interesting characters here. Jack Doyle is a, is a steady and I think will enjoy the relationship he's going to have with Philip Rivers, who likes to throw to the ball tight end. Um, Molly Cox, a guy that you've mentioned in terms of raw ability. And uh, Trey Burton is on the depth chart as well. So uh, what do you think about the uh, Colt tight ends? Any of them top 12 guys where they could be your starting tight end in the 12-team league? So I, I think this is a situation that you actually want to watch very closely. As I mentioned, this team actually will use two tight ends a lot. Ebron is gone, but remember, we remember the success that Ebron had in 2018 with Luck. So they do want to utilize tight ends in this offense. So someone is going to emerge from this group. And I don't think it's insignificant, by the way, that Burton, who struggled in Chicago, kind of an interesting guy, but Frank Reich, who coached him in Philadelphia, brought him into this situation. I think we want to watch that situation. As Wiz mentioned, I've been intrigued by a former basketball player. We know that Gates was a former basketball player who shined under, under Rivers. I'm not saying, I'm not suggesting that Molly Cal. Ali Cox is going to be that, but certainly one of these tight ends is going to take the spot of the amount of snaps that Ebron was taking because they had two tight ends on the field a lot. Doyle's as steady as she she goes. We know what you're going to get in his hands. He's not fleet of foot. We know that. But you know he's a guy who's going to catch 50 or 60 balls for you. He'll be he'll be a force around the end zone for sure. But I think one of those athletic tight ends is going to surprise us. And, and emerge here, and which one it is needs to be watched because I think there's enough there's enough gravy to go around uh, to, to feed people. So it's an intriguing position. I want to see what the coaches talk about um, as they're explaining how they're um, developing during camp, but I'm intrigued very much so by this tight end situation, and we also know that Rivers loves to throw to his tight ends. Well, they're going to certainly be effective as a group. I, you know, I, I, think, I think, you know, we could agree with that, but for our fantasy viewers out there listening in a 12-team league, would you nab any of those guys to be your number one starting tight end at this point? I would say the answer to that would be no. I would not. I think they are they are they are strictly a backup tight end to start the season. Um, you know, two years ago, um, obviously Trey Burton from the Philly special a key a key part of that play and that everyone will remember in the, in the victory over the Patriots in the Super Bowl. But two years ago, Trey Burton was, like, considered the tight end. You know, he's you know, everyone drafted him. They had him, you know, he, he's going to be a top 10 guy. And our friend Steph made sure to draft Trey Burton in every single league he was in. And unfortunately, Tim Burton, the director, had more catches that year. So, <laughs> not good, Steph. His views have been seemingly getting worse as time has gone on. Hopefully, that will turn around for his sake. But uh, we'll see. We'll see if Burton can resurrect his uh, – Trey Burton can resurrect his tight end career as Steph tries to resurrect his fantasy career. So, we'll see how that goes. Any thoughts on now that the – Elite, spectacular Hall of Famer Adam Vinatieri um, is not going to be there. What is your view on kicking and defense as far as the Colts are concerned, if any? Yeah, so so Vinatieri certainly gave them um, 
you know, the, the, the ability of the player over the years gave them a lot. And last year, if anything, he, probably, he could have cost them. A, I think he cost them a playoff spot. You know, this team was actually fighting for one. He, he missed a lot of key, key kicks last year, both extra points. I mean, he was all over the place last year. So, you know, they're going to have to figure out what they're going to do. I know they have that kid that was on the Niners last year. Chase McLaughlin is, is hanging around. Looks like he's the number one at the moment as heir apparent kicker. But, you know, I, it's probably a kicking situation that I stay, from, stay away from at least to start the year. They have the benefit, obviously, of playing indoors. And I think, like, I do think this offense will be effective. So whoever the kicker will be could be a good find but we just don't know what the situation is so not really willing to get too excited just yet um what about uh, on the defensive side uh, Wiz? do you think this defense is one because because they actually had a couple of big games last year um you know they they made a key acquisition uh pre-draft is this a defense that you would look at uh coming into the season or one that's more of a streaming defense the latter um yeah, I think they're I think they're a streaming defense. I mean, I think if you end up with the Colts as your number one defense, you've probably waited a little bit too long to draft a defense. Uh, you know, can they have a couple of spot plays? Sure, if you feel like you know you want to sack you know Gardner Minshew maybe five or six times at home if you're playing the Jags, that's a possibility. But I don't know. Not 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 so much sure about them. I think you know they could be a spot play and maybe a second defense or a streaming defense, is, as you said. All right, sounds fantastic. Well, I do not have anything more to add. Uh, you know, we'll continue to you know, and I, was, I would stress to everybody, Guru and the Wiz will stress to everyone. You still got to pay attention to all this stuff that's being talked about and said. Uh, we're probably a few weeks away from players actually starting to get into camp, so there's a lot of situations that that need to be parse through we're probably going to have smaller rosters uh this year less players involved in the preseason as as teams prepare for that so a lot of moving targets but pay attention to what's being said coach speak and all that and uh we're going to keep pressing onwards with our uh, team capsules here talk about the uh ends of the spectrum we'll be talking about jacksonville and kansas city up next oh that's uh that's an interesting i look i look <laughs> i look forward to that one Fantastic. I'm glad that you're looking forward. As are we, Guru and the Wiz Talk Fantasy Football, uh, iTunes, Spotify, and SoundCloud. Thanks, everyone. And Wiz, have a very pleasant Sunday. You as well. Thank you very much.